Hey, this is Quentin Moore, and I'm the pastor of the Father's House, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I hope the message inspires you, gives you faith, and lets you see that God is truly moving in your life. We hope you enjoy today's message. This morning? You know, I, yeah, thank you. I am not real big on series, and I have fallen into series. I, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and told me to teach on the kingdom. And so I've been trying to do that and uh, trying to be faithful to that and thought this was going to be the last one and got up this morning and God began to speak to me about another one. So I don't know. Guess what? Next week we'll just keep teaching on what does it mean to live as a kingdom person? What does it mean to live in the way of the kingdom of God that Jesus came declaring the kingdom of God is here. It's at hand. John said that. The disciples went out and preached the gospel of the kingdom. The results of preaching the kingdom gospel was healing and deliverance and all kinds of things. And so I've tried to teach to you about how those that serve are the greatest in the kingdom of God. That if you really want to walk in the power and the authority of God, you've got to serve. Say, you got to serve. Where are you serving? What are you ushering? Are you greeting? Are you changing diapers? Are you sweeping? How are you serving in the kingdom of God? Uh, number two, <clears throat> excuse me, that the Father sees. The Father sees the unseen things, that the world celebrates all it can see, but the Father sees the unseen things of the kingdom of God. And then I taught on the 11th hour worker, how God pays the 11th hour worker the same as he pays the first hour worker. And it's not about money, but it's about the grace of God that's bestowed equally, no matter what it is that you do that you can't earn or uh, uh, somehow convince God. And then last week I talked about uh, the talents, the, the man that had five bags, the man that had two bags. The man that had one, what's in your wallet? That it's not about money. It's about our trust in the one that gave it to us, our trust in what he has given to us, and that this is the way the kingdom is like, that the kingdom is like a man that sows seed. It's like a mustard seed that when it grows up, everything can live in it. It's leaven. It uh, is a treasure. It's a pearl. It's a king who settles accounts. In the kingdom, people forget. <clears throat> Forgive 70 times 7. Uh, in the kingdom of God, the last is first. You have to be a child to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, the Bible says, blessed, happy are those who are persecuted. Uh, and theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, we've been given the keys. Jesus said, seek ye first the And all these other things shall be added unto you. In other words, get your priorities straight. Seek the rule of God. Seek the authority of God. <clears throat> I'm going to have to have that. Seek the place where God is in dominion. Seek that place. And, and there, all things will be added unto your life. But you have to first set your priorities and set all that onto the kingdom of God. In Luke, he said that it is the Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom of heaven. We pray it every day, right? Thy kingdom, thy will be. in me, in my life, in my family, in the world around me, as it is in heaven, let it be done here in my life, in Annie's life, in my children, in my grandchildren. I've been giving you this little statement for several weeks. I think we've got it up here. I am a child of the kingdom and the king lives in me. Can you say it with me? I am a child of the kingdom and the king lives in me. That, that way of living. As I was preparing for this week, I began to ask myself, I wonder if this series has had any success. 
I wonder if it's accomplished anything. I wonder if it's been meaningful to people. I, I wonder if it if it is. Uh, I wonder if it's been sticky. And then I thought, no, sticky's kind of yicky. I wondered if it had been memorable. And then I thought, I have memories that I don't think are that great, you know. So how do you measure the success of a sermon series? And then I thought, well, maybe if you enjoyed it. And then I thought, well, I'd, I go to a dentist, but I don't enjoy it. It's, it's, it's good for me, but, but in other words, the way of measuring things in the world may not be the way to measure things in the kingdom of God, right? I mean, you know, how was your surgery? Oh, I just had a ball. It was no, no, no. See, the more something matters, the more difficult it is to measure. The more something matters... See, invisible things, the kingdom of God, it's hard to measure things in the kingdom of heaven. It's hard, hard to measure it because the world's way of measuring just isn't, doesn't fit. I mean, I, I did another, uh, I did another uh, poll this week. Last week I only did, this week I polled five people. I asked them if they thought they were killing it. Just asked them if they thought their life was just, you know. Nobody said yes. None of the five said, yep, I've got it all together. And then it did begin to dawn on me uh, that most people have a false definition of success. Uh, and this, I really got motivated because there was a lot of people that I realized they thought they were failing when actually they were winning. That when they looked into their lives, uh, they didn't see any area of their life where they were really killing it. And that began to get me to think that maybe we've got the wrong definition of what it means to be blessed. If you really translate the word blessed, it's the word happy. And so I went to Psalms chapter 1. If you'll read it with me, Psalms chapter 1. Blessed is the man. Nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the streams or the rivers of living water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Man, that's a great portion of Scripture, right? Whatever he does will prosper. Happy, blessed, successful. You can be successful and not happy. That's not a blessing. You know, you can be skinny, and not be happy? That, that's not a blessing. You can be rich and not be happy. That's, that's not a blessing. You can be disciplined and not be very happy. That, see, our definition of blessing, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Happy is the man who doesn't get messed up or mixed up with all the crappy values of this world. See, I think sometimes we get these feelings of frustration and these feelings of failure because we're using the measurements of this world to evaluate our own lives. When the real thing we have to talk about is whose voice it is that we value. Who sets your definition of success? How do I decide whether or not my life is meaningful or successful? See, I think you need to know who you're listening to. I think you know to what it is that defines success, when we are successful, where we're successful. Who told you you were naked? I mean, whose voice do you value? And whoever voice you value determines that standard. I can always find somebody that thinks I'm doing successful. 
I can also always find somebody who thinks I'm not. See, if we judge our success based on the standards of this world, the ministry of Jesus was a failure. I mean, did, did he really bring a kingdom? Did it really manifest? Well, that depends on your definition of the word kingdom. I mean, a kingdom where the king serves everybody else, where the servers are the greatest, where the unseen, not the seen, is celebrated, where the last gets paid the same, where you trust him whether you got one or five. See, I think people miss the kingdom of God uh, because in this world they're going around trying to get the approval from people by what they're doing. Blessed, happy is the man. I mean, Jesus said, who is persecuted for my righteousness. His is the kingdom of heaven. We, we really don't know how to be happy even when people are talking bad about us. We have to then begin to look at ourselves and recognize that Jesus was happy when the people were clapping for him when he fed the 5,000. He was also happy when they were leaving him they said he had a demon. You see, if you measure Jesus by the standards of this world, he could not preach. Because when he preached, many of them left. When he told a parable, his disciples went, what? And they didn't understand what he was saying because the things that he said had no place in this world. His messages weren't very sticky or memorable. They, they, they weren't comfortable. You, it's hard to enjoy them. He he did not come to build a kingdom in this world that this world would greatly applaud. Most of the time, we are searching for people to give us an applause, clap for us. Uh, we're looking for their approval, and they're not really even paying attention to what we're doing. See, Jesus went to the cross, and every one of his disciples quit him except one. I mean, if we measure his success, it's a, it's a little difficult. Matthew chapter 5 is one of my favorite readings, and I, I started this morning as I was going over it just, just to make mention of it, but I love it in the message translation, uh, in Eugene's translation, and it's just so powerful. I want to read it to you this morning. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. Anybody ever been at the end of your rope? just had all you could put blessed are you blessed happy when you're at the end of your rope with less of you there's more of god Amen. blessed when you feel like you've lost what is most dear to you ever lost something and you, yeah blessed happy are you when you lose something that is dear to you only then can you be embraced by the one most dear Amen. to you you're blessed when you're content with just who you are no more no less that's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that cannot be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you can ever eat. You're blessed when you care because the moment you're being careful, you'll find yourself being cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourself blessed every time people put you down, throw you out, or speak lies about you to discredit. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort 
and they're uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even. For though they don't like it, I do. And all of heaven applauds. And know that you are in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into that kind of trouble. Blessed. See, I think we have detached the word blessed from the biblical meaning of the term. God looks at Joshua and says, be of good success. I've often meditated on good success. If there's good success, there must be bad success. You can have success and it be bad for you. It, it's when you get so addicted to the approval of other people that you can't receive the approval that comes from God. That bad success is when you pretend, pose, try to be something that you're not, and other people approve it, but you know that it's not real. See, we have to redetermine the reality that the only voice we can listen to, Jesus said, is my father. And then Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. The question this morning, the title of the sermon might be, are you famous or are you fruitful? Are you well-known or widely known? You see, you can be well-known, you can be popular, but just because you're popular doesn't mean that you are fruitful or that you are well-known. To be well-known means that God knows you well, that you have not limited any area of your life from his presence, that you've allowed him into even the lowest areas of your life. So many times people don't allow themselves to be well-known by the Lord, to understand that it's only he who can explain to you who you are. Hmm. When, 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 when. One of my favorite verses, in fact, I would say to you, I think Annie would remember when I came home with it. It would be my life verse, John chapter 15, verse 16. For I did not choose you, you did not choose me, but I chose you. That you would bear fruit, fruit that would remain or last. And that whatever you ask in my name, my Father would give to you. See, God has chosen you. You didn't choose him. And he chose you to bear fruit, not be famous. He chose you to be fruitful, lasting fruit. And that once we choose to be fruitful people rather than famous people, when we choose not to listen to the ungodly voices or the standards of this world, we can expect ourselves to begin to bear fruit. And we can ask anything in the Father's name and it will be added unto us. That reality has always moved over into my life where John says in the 12th chapter, unless a kernel of wheat, unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, it remaineth alone. But if it dies, it produces many more seeds. See, the moment that a seed goes into the ground, it starts to do something. It starts to die. The minute a seed goes into a ground, it begins, the shell begins to break off of it. It, it, it begins to change forms. Because it's the plant that can produce. It's the tree that can produce the fruit. The seed is but the thing that starts the process. And God has placed the seed of his word into every one of us. And the greatest moment of success for a seed is when it's falling apart. When it's at the end of its rope. When it's being persecuted by the things that are within the soil. The moment that the seed is at its greatest is when it's hidden no one can see it. In fact, if you dig it up, you stop the process. It takes a while for us to understand that the kingdom of heaven is like a man that went forth and sowed a seed. See, a seed contains the potential of life, but it must become a plant to manifest that life. That seed that is planted goes through this horrendous process. And when the seed stops being the seed, 
it actually becomes alive. When the seed no longer finds its identity in itself, but in the future harvest that can come out of itself. See, it has to cease to be what it was originally. It has to become something different. It must live a new kind of life. It must live a kingdom life. It can't do this on its own. It can only do this as the Father works with it. See, seeds that do not grow into something other than themselves are forgotten. They literally are rotten. We must understand that when we are hidden, when we are broken, when we are alone, when it feels like that everything we're holding on to is passing away, when I feel lost and alone, that is probably when I'm most successful. When the enemy uses those feelings to frustrate us, the truth of the matter is in that obscurity, God is doing some of his greatest work. Blessed is the man who doesn't need the approval of the world in which he lives, but lives in the knowledge that he's already been approved by the Father to receive the seed of life that can produce in him even more life. What does success look like? See, we, 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 what does it look like? I mean, come on, come on. Uh, how are you going to tell yourself you're a great mom or a great dad? When the kids like your decision? When they, when they like you saying the curfew, listen, you don't ask inmates what time to go to bed. You get it in a minute. See, how do we measure when we're good at something? Well, you don't listen to the kids' evaluation of that. I remember when Oprah lost all that weight years ago. You remember when Annie loved it? Oprah lost all that weight. And about six months later, she said when she got skinny, it was the worst. It was her most unhealthiest of her life because she lost it wrong. See, people can applaud something you did and not even. If you think that success is having everybody like you, Jesus was a failure. They're not supposed to get you. Hear me, brothers and sisters in the Lord. The world is not supposed to understand us. They're not supposed to understand why we give our money away. They're not supposed to understand why we do or don't do the things that we do. See, the Pharisees didn't get it. They asked him, well, when is the kingdom of God going to come? And he said, the kingdom of God comes not with observation. You cannot see the manifestation of the kingdom. The kingdom of God does not come through you seeing it. For the kingdom of God will never meet the standards of this world. If you could do it with observation, the Pharisees would have been the absolute best because they kept the law. It's interesting to me how many Christians they think that by keeping the law, they're good Christians. By keeping the rules, we're good Christians. If that were true, the Pharisees would have been the best. The kingdom of God does not come with observation. See, if we could get everybody to stop sinning, the kingdom of God would be here. No. The kingdom of God does not come with... A, he who hears the word and builds on the rock, it comes with applying the ways of the kingdom. And the ways of the kingdom, we forgive 70 times 7. The ways of the kingdom, the last shall be first. The ways of the kingdom are far different from the ways of the world. 
And if we're going to see the things of the kingdom of God be made manifest, there's something that has to happen <coughs> on the inside of us. It's different. The kingdom of God has not come with your observation. That's why I get real tickled with Pentecostals who tell me they have a gift of discernment and all they've done is observe people. I'll never forget the lady that says that person has a demon on them. I said, really? Young man walking across the back. Got a demon of, 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 of I don't remember now, lust. And I looked at her and said, no, honey, he doesn't have a demon of lust. He wears his jeans too tight. The lust is on you. <laughs> See, discernment is not because you observe somebody doing or not doing something. The kingdom of God does not come with observation. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God comes within us that we might trust and give generously, that we might yield to, that we might decrease, that he might increase. See, that has to happen so that the seed, the fruit that's within us can come through us. Come on, when, when, when's that going to happen, Lord? When's the kingdom going to come? Well, how many of you have ever gone, Lord, when are you going to fix them? When are you going to fix this thing, it? When are you going to fix it? I mean, I mean, the kingdom of God will come when everything's fixed. If you're waiting for everything to get fixed, you're in trouble because the kingdom of God does not come when everything's fixed and everybody's behaving the way you want them to behave. And they stop. No. The real question is, when am I going to get? When, when, something, when does something inside of me, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. You can't say it's over here or it's over there. You know, we're always describing the kingdom of God as being up there. And the kingdom is not up there. It's not out there. It's not on, the grass is always greener in that church. The grass is always greener with that woman. I can get right down. It's always greener if I had that car. If I had, right? It's, no, 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 the kingdom of God, the blessedness, the happiness is no, not out there. It's in you. You move anywhere you want to move, go anywhere you want to go, buy anything you want to go, but that's not the kingdom of joy and peace and righteousness. See, the kingdom of God is the kingdom of joy and peace. It's not out there, over there. No, no, it's not up there. It's in you. If you don't have the kingdom of heaven in you now, can I tell you, you can give up on the rapture. You can stop playing. Happy is the man, the woman, that understand the kingdom of God does not come with observation. It's not the result of a situation that meets all of your needs where nobody is mean at you. In fact, the kingdom of heaven is given to those people that are persecuted. It's not out there or over there. It's within you. See, the strategy of all marketing is to get you to think it's... That's why we treat church like Target now. It's a consumer-driven market. If they sing the right songs, if I get out in 50 minutes, if I do, if it makes me feel good, if I enjoy it, if it's memorable, if it's, no, 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 that's not. But the kingdom of God, what, what is it? Well, the kingdom, blessed is the man who's planted by the streams of living water who will bear its fruit, its, say its, See, if I spend my time frustrated on not being able to bear the fruit that you want me to bear, did you make the shift? If all I'm doing is waiting for someone to measure my success based on a standard of this world, 
Have you ever just been frustrated because you can't bear the thing that they want you? You can't produce that thing that they're wanting from you. They want you to bear a fruit that they need because they need that fruit from you, but you don't even have it in you to bear that fruit. Oh, you'll get it in a minute. It says it will bear its fruit, not their fruit. It will bear, listen, all Quentin can do is be the most fruitful Quentin I can be. I can't bear the fruit that Bob has on the inside of me. God has placed certain seeds and things inside of me. And all I can do is allow that fruit to be produced in its season. And most people are frustrated because they can't meet everybody's. I'm preaching for freedom today. I'm preaching for you to be able to go free from what other people see. There is this huge temptation that you have to be able to bear the fruit of the entire kingdom, that you've got to have it all together, that you have to be able to meet. Listen, I, I really, I, my biggest temptation is, I, I, have ever, has anybody here ever met Charles Hill? I love Charles Hill because when I met Charles, everybody called him chill. Chill. When Charles sings, he's just chill. He has that tropical personality. He's just laid back. Come on, Bruce. He just laid. I, and I never could be that chill. And I'd feel guilty about not being able to be that chill. Because, it, see, but I don't have that seed inside of me to ch I worry about everything. I get anxious about it all. I mean, Annie has to calm me down. I can't believe that. Believe it. I've had to learn to cope with my own personality. See, it will bear its fruit. I can only bear the fruit that I have. You can only bear the seed that's on the inside of you. You can only be who it is that God, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that brings forth its fruit in its season. That's the fruit of the spirit. The love, the joy, the peace, the contentment. The, and and I, I would like to tell you that I could bear all nine fruits, but there are some days I have no stinking patience with those kids. I have no patience with myself. There's, but now, I have, a, I have some really well-developed fruit, and then I have some stuff that... You ever... How you doing in your life? Just not well. Listen, I bet you got a fruit basket that's pretty good. There's just one or two things. that. How many of you have ever felt frustrated because you couldn't bear the fruit that he or she wanted you to be able to give to them? And let me tell you something, he or she. Quit asking them to bear fruit that you ain't no good at either. Because you wouldn't be trying to pick that fruit off of him or her if you could satisfy yourself in Christ. Hmm. See, go yield your own fruit. Do your own thing. Be yourself. Be good at your job. Make your mark. I looked at a young man the other day and said, go home. Trying to figure out what God wanted him to do. Go home. Take care of those children. Take care of that wife of yours. Go to work. You married her. You planted seed. Take care of them. That's your ministry. Oh, my God. You mean I don't get to go to Africa? 
Probably not. <laughs> just, just be planted. Just stay. Just, you, you're, you're wanting to be famous. And God wants you to be fruitful. See, if we'd get over, it's the world that wants to celebrate celebrities. And can I tell you, their lives stink. It's interesting. People want to celebrate politicians and their lives stink. Have you ever read the history of football players in the NFL? It ain't real good. The margins, the, the air, it's not. See, just, just be faithful where God plants you. Just be faithful in that marriage. Be faithful. See, I'm talking to you this morning because I want you to be free of the frustration of trying to produce something. Yeah, apple trees don't grow oranges. It's real simple. Planted by the streams, be planted. Psalm, 30, Psalm 92 says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. I could preach about those that are planted in the house. We are the house. The church is the house. Those that are planted, those that are stuck in it, they shall still bear fruit in their old age. If you're over 50, say yeah. yeah. They will be fresh and flourishing. Yeah. You didn't. Mm -hmm. You have to be over 50. To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no unrighteousness within him. We, we have trouble preaching about people that are just constant and stable and consistent and they just are there, right? They're planted. I mean, it, I've preached a lot of sermons about Peter who experienced the spectacular moment of stepping out onto the water. I mean, that magnificent miracle. We've preached messages about Peter who actually needed some kind of display of the Lord. And we haven't preached one message about Andy. Andy just stayed in a boat. God told him to get in the boat and go to the other side. And he got in the boat. He stayed in the boat. And he went to the other side. And he didn't need some kind of spectacular experience to know that that was the Lord. He just lived this consistent, boring life in the boat that God told him. Any Andrews in here? You're just consistent to stay in the boat and go to the other side you don't need entertained by a spectacular moment. There was three of you. I watched their hands. I counted them. It wasn't hard. I'll just be boring in the boat. I'm just Andy going to the other side. I'm just planted in this place, just planted by the streams of living water just because I stayed in the boat just... And they will bear fruit in their old age. How about this one? Train up a child in the way they should go. And when he is old, they will not depart. Nobody wants to old. Train up a child in the way they should go. And when he is old, old, for some of you that are nervous about your 21-year-old, when he is old, 
You might be dead. For him to be old. While you're all upset about what your 30-year-old is doing, that ain't old yet. I mean, you're just convinced that they've got their life all screwed up. But the Bible says when he is old. Now, if you've got a child somewhere between the age of 21 and 50, take a great deep breath and breathe it out. There is still hope. Who are you listening to? What is it that you're looking for? When will the kingdom happen? Where will it happen? How will it happen? Listen, the death, the burial, and the resurrection took place before the harvest of souls. The seed falls into the ground and dies, and in its greatest moment is in that death and resurrection. That's why he says, as often as you drink this, declare my death. Why? Because it was in his death that the greatest work was done. It was in his death that all of sin was covered and destroyed. It was in his death that the plant of the church began to emerge and grow. It was in that loss of himself for others. Am I making any sense? This is the gospel. And, and aren't you tired of being frustrated in those moments of loneliness and brokenness and when the reality of it is God's doing the greatest work in your life right there? Can I tell you that every Sunday afternoon I feel lousy? I walk out of here, have for 36 years, and walk out of here and feel lousy about being a dad. Uh, not so bad anymore. Maybe a granddad today. Because somewhere around Friday, I become a zombie. Somewhere around Friday, I begin to pour everything I've got into preaching to you. I begin to take all the energies, and Annie would take care of the children, and I would. I didn't go to Friday night football games. Ask my children. I, I didn't go out to eat with you on Saturday. Because I was focused on being and delivering what God called me to do. And, and about the time I would finish here on Sunday morning, I'd feel horrible about not taking my wife to date night. H have you ever been doing something that you know you're called to do, but you feel bad about not being with that? See, that's the enemy. That's the enemy that's trying to frustrate you at what you're called to do by reminding you of what you didn't do. Can you feel that? And, and can I tell you, religious people are really great at reminding you of what you should have, could have, or ought to have done. I'm trying to free you this morning to be very honest that it bears its fruit in its season. Now, I'm living in a different season of life now, enjoying a few things that maybe, maybe I didn't. See, the kingdom of God is within you, and it bears its fruit in its season. Happy is the man.
Blessed is the man that sits by these streams of living water, that draws its life from streams. Can I tell you something? I am so grateful for the Bible. I'm so grateful for the stream of evangelicalism that, that tells me that you have to read the Word, you have to abide in the Word, you have to be born again by the Word of God. I draw from the Bible. I find God in my Bible. I am so grateful for the stream of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit brings life and breath and energy and healings and miracles and, it, and I love it and I draw from the Holy Spirit. And I love water baptism. I love the Lord's Supper. I, I love performing marriages. Because God takes things that are natural and causes them to convey supernatural things. And you place someone underwater and they come back up a new person. Or you take a piece of bread and it becomes the bread of life. And God meets us in natural things, makes us appreciate how when we lay hands on someone, that he uses my hand and your hand. He who is planted by the Trinitarian realities, by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Most people are only planted by the stream they like, the one that doesn't make them uncomfortable. But to be planted by the totality of how God reveals himself as Father, as Son, as Holy Spirit. Now listen, that's why this church exists. That's the total purpose, is to, is to be planted by the fullness of that and then to allow the seed that is inside of you that God put there, I didn't put it there, to allow it grow and be formed and shaped on the inside of you. That is far more important to me today than it ever has been to see you freed of the frustration of others trying to make you be something that God didn't create you to be, to be free of unrealistic expectations and false belief systems of performance, to see you realize the reality that he chose you he chose you to bear fruit, fruit that would remain, and that anything you ask, he would give unto you. That's healthy. That's well known. That is the way of the kingdom. That's the way to become all that he's created and called you to become. You are my beloved son. He knew that before he ever started his ministry. And on the first day of his resurrection, he looks at his disciples. He said, my peace I give to you. You're not going to go do anything to get my peace. I'm going to give it to you before you ever began. My joy I give to you before you ever go out there in the world because the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer because I've given you my joy, my contentment. It's yours already. You receive it. You don't achieve it. You can't earn it. You just have to say thank you. To live in the contentedness that you are a child of the kingdom and the king lives on the inside of you 
and that my brothers and sisters, we do not live like the rest of the world. We live according to the kingdom. We forgive each other over and over and over again. We recognize the last or first. We recognize the generosity of his grace far expands anything we would ever give. So we forgive each other and we love one another and we, we cheer one another and we recognize that even when I can't see in the other person anything good that God sees beyond anything I can see and calls those things that be not as though they were. This is the atmosphere where the children of God become all that God's called them to be. Happy is the man that brings forth its fruit in its season, and then catch this, whose leaf never withers. It never withers. It lasts. It never, ever wears out. And whatever he does shall prosper. Huh. I'm convinced that if we can grab a hold of the reality of this life that flows through us like life through a vine, if we can grab a hold of the Spirit of God that flows in us, bringing out its fruit in its time, we would be far less frustrated with ourselves, far less frustrated with others. We could enjoy that peace. We could enjoy that joy. We could en then we could relax a little more often for his kingdom is joy and peace and righteousness. And that his kingdom is here. His kingdom has come. And when I read the scriptures, it says they went out preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing and the removing of demons was the byproduct of living in the kingdom. I think we could be far less showy about healing and miracles if we would make up our way just to live the way of the kingdom and then watch as the kingdom would rule and reign over sickness and disease, over wars, famines. But I do think it takes a group of people to say, we're going to live the Father's way. We're going to practice the way of Jesus. We're going to follow the Holy Spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, you are a child of the kingdom. And the king lives in you. Amen. Stand with me this morning. Hey, I hope the message truly inspired you today. If it did, do a couple things for me. Subscribe to our show and it'll just drop right into your feed and you can stay current with all that we're doing. The second thing is, is if you've been impacted by this ministry, you can click the link right there in front of you and you can become one of our givers and that'll help us to keep spreading the gospel and the good news around the world. Everyone needs to hear the good news right now, maybe more than any other time. So God bless and I'll see you next time.